you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. What is the long-term effect of too much information? Information, information, I just need some information. I've been dying, I've been dying, is it lack of education? I've been reading, I've been reading without any transformation. I'm addicted, I'm addicted, is it overstimulation? Hey. Welcome to the success Report. The success Report. Hear ye, hear ye, come one, come all. You are listening to The Sixth Sense Report with Joel Nikoloff and Darnell Samuels. And there's one extra today, bro. Who is it? Well, we got a special guest in the Sixth Sense Report studio. Uh, our intern, Stefan, New Style Dendial, a.k.a. the Econ Don. Welcome, welcome, brother. Welcome. Glad to be here, guys. Glad to be here. Okay, so for um, the listeners, this show is called, this show is about the Canada's Color-Coded Income Inequality Report. So we're going to be looking at that and looking at the statistics that they crunch. And Stefan's a statistics guy and Joel's a statistics guy, so we figure uh, we look at how to analyze statistics for those who don't know how to. And so we're going to be looking at control factors and looking at stats, and we're going to look at the correlation and causality, and we're also going to look at alternative solutions. So before we jump in, um, Steph, why don't you give everybody a background on who you are? So first of all, my name is Stefan Dindale. Um I'm a Canadian by birth, Guyanese by background, Indian by origin. That's what I always say. Uh, my field of study is economics, so I hold a master's degree in economics and an undergrad degree in financial economics. Um, some of the research I've done, I've done research on competitive markets, research on poverty, um, research on gun control policy, and I also have a lot of interest in other policy issues such as labor and health care. Primarily, um, what I specialize in is doing fundamental sound research um, to support and make policy claims. So this is exactly up my alley. Okay, cool, cool. And just also... I, and yeah, go I ahead. just wanted to, to point out, just to differentiate, me and Stefan don't... Uh, although we both have economically-minded perspectives, uh, we, we do have some uh, areas of disagreement. So um, although we may agree um, when we get into the conversation today, there is an aspect... Uh, to recognize that we're bringing him on because we do represent different camps to some extent within the uh, the economic realm. Um, he definitely wouldn't resonate with my uh, ANCAP uh, perspective. Oh, say. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But also, also, you know, you're also a Christian. So also, like, where, where do you fall on your theological? Um, I believe points. in everything the Bible says. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay, so what about oh, word of faith? You got to push more people. Word of faith? No. How about faith in his word? <laughs> <laughs> That's the best answer. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was going to get a little more technical and say, whatever it can be reconciled to his word, we're good. Oh, yeah. But, um, That's what I said. You know, you said it much more eloquently. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So, so let, let's jump in. Um, so from the jump stuff, what did you, what stood out to you in regards to um, this report? And then um, Joel, you jump in. 
Okay, so the very first thing that jumped out to me is one of the things I always do when I look at a paper is I uh, look at the data that they're reporting. And what I also look at what um, the paper or what the author is doing with the data. So looked at the paper, saw the data, and then I'm looking to see what are they actually doing with the data and realized that they t did almost, almost absolutely nothing. They just reported the raw data. And just to give an example, one of the reasons why that is a big issue is because we live in a complex world um, where so many things cause so many things. So if, to just compare the data raw, what I mean raw data is just, just a figure for unemployment with another figure for unemployment. There's so many other things and other factors that can cause those figures to be different. And if you don't control for that, um, you're, not, you're not really seeing what's causing the differences. We're left just assuming that there's a difference, right? If you take any po po two points of data, of course they're going to be different, right? No human being is identical to another human being. So of course you're going to find differences in data. What we have to learn to do when we're doing good research is find a way to model the data, to control for other factors that may make the things different such that all we have left is race. And that's something I didn't see. So to, to, for the listener, the really simple way of thinking what you just said is mm -hmm. it's a lot of times the data is really comparing apples and oranges. And we want to find factors that make it so that we're saying, okay, we've narrowed down the data such a way that we can say apples to apples. Exactly. Um, and and you know, if you we'll, we'll make sure in the show notes page, you'll see the link to this. Uh, and and Darnell already quoted the title. It's called Canada's Color Coded Income Inequality. Mm -hmm. Or I think you quoted it. If not, um, it'll be in the show notes page. Um, just to give the listener a super, super high level, we'll, we'll probably jump into a number of the tables and, and speak to different things. Um, but for the most part, they they focused on uh, racialized populations um, yeah. and compare it with non-racialized, which, unless I'm mistaken, essentially is just white people are the non-racialized. Mm -hmm. um, We're left to assume... So yeah, so they, they took the racialized groups, uh, which totaled, uh, so this is from Stats Canada 2016. Essentially, their total population of racialized people is 7.6 million. Um, so if I use a number of, I think the number, is it 35 million population in Canada? Is that roughly right now? Yeah, I think that's roughly right. Does that sound about right to you guys? So um, I think, in essence, we're talking about one-fifth, give or take. Um, so... Uh, then, you know, for the most part, everything throughout this t uh, chart is, is really comparing unemployment, income inequality, um, you know, different factors uh, about wealth um, that they try to, to compare um, racialized groups with, non with, with white people. Um, and then they did break it out by men and women. Yeah. Um, so, but to your yeah, I, I thought the same thing. You know, I'm scrolling through these data tables. Um, I, I was kind of skimming the words because for me, I just look at the numbers and go, I can I can tell you, I can tell what the numbers are saying right away. It's just kind of, I'm numerically inclined. Um, 
so I can see differences, things pop out to me right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really disappointed. I was hoping there was going to be an aspect of like, okay, here's what Stats Canada has. Plus, let's take let's to your point what you were talking about before. They didn't they didn't add anything to the to the data. There wasn't. Oh, here's mm-hmm. another you know study that's been done, and we're trying to merge the two pieces of data together. And here's what we where our concerns lie, or here's what we've learned. Um, so it, I I find it kind of disappointing in the same that that really for the most part they're just I mean they're they're presenting data that may or may not be important and the reason I say may or may not be important you'll understand when we start talking about the conclusions but anybody else could pull this data again like literally this entire um report is is really just a republishing of specific stats canada data yeah exactly it's like with comments mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah they're getting away with a lot of plagiarism here or is that too extreme <laughs> is that too extreme well, well why do you say I that mean, because they cut and paste the can- stats canada data in essence mm-hmm. and so like um, so because stats canada is just posting the stats but they're not telling you exactly the correlation between the stats well, th- exactly. I, I, I mean, I'm assuming Steph's being a little facetious because yeah, they, they they didn't plagiarize the words. Yeah, they, they didn't did. plagiarize the commentary. I mean, Jesus. He's just saying the da- the the numbers are literally cut and paste. Are you know for the most part? I mean, I'm sure there's an aspect where they may like. I'm not t- overly familiar with Stats Canada's data. I don't know that you, me and you as individuals should just go to their website and start pulling out these charts. They might have had to you know use the fact that they're a think tank and correlate, you know, get the raw data from Stats Canada to be able to play with it themselves and present it in this way. Okay, okay, so okay, so let me play advocate then. So how do how do I know that you guys aren't manipulating the the numbers to make it say what you want to say? How do I know you guys aren't isogeting <laughs> the numbers if that's a thing with statistics? Well, I mean it gets into this idea of cause and effect. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, oh, sorry. I sorry, sorry, Joel. But I also want to note that we also um, talked about um, correlation of of co- um, versus causation um, on climate change. Sola Greta on episode fifty five. So, if you haven't uh, heard that episode and heard us uh, unpack that idea, you guys should check it out. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Joel. Yeah. So, I mean, the the. The data is there, and and in essence, where my frustration lies is, in essence, they're just sh- they're they're controlling the control here is or or the the cause and effect they're saying is race. Um, but you know, as stuff and and stuff, you can probably speak to you know if when you went into this report, what were you you know because based on the title. What kinds of things would you have been expecting them to, um, you know, use as relevant causal factors to yeah. to sparse out the data even further? Yeah. So yeah. So first of all, just to what Darnell was saying, um, when it comes to the idea of tricking people and playing with it, like in the world of people who know numbers and who know stats, like there's no hiding it. There's no hiding. It. You can see even us. We can see what people are doing. Um, so even when people control for factors, any 
economist who's worth his salt, any researcher who's worth his salt is going to show you what he's controlling for or leave a link uh, to, to his data set so you can see what he's controlling for. So these are things that people can actually see if you look further on um, what people are doing. Now, in response to um, Joel's question, the biggest thing I was thinking about would be um, what are factors that correlate with race that would cause a problem in the data if you're just if you're just showing non-racialized um, employment versus racialized employment one of them i was thinking was immigration so let's say in the data we're just comparing a white person who's lived in this country for 50 years and has built up experience and has had jobs for how long and then now we're we're comparing with a group of individuals who are non-white who have just moved to Canada and haven't had the same amount of experience right you tend to see there's a correlation of more people who are non-white immigrating and you'll see an effect there where of course if people are moving and have barely been in Canada to work and grow won't have the same effect with not with a white person that's been here for so long and this go this works well vice versa right let's say you have someone who is non-white who's been in this country for so long versus someone from ireland someone from europe who's white who who um emigrates to canada mm -hmm. right you won't expect to see the same thing what i would have wanted to see them do is break down and control for immigration and then let's see okay let's compare a white immigrant with a non-white immigrant or all the different races there or immigrants or, and, people have been here longer like and control years they've things. been in here exactly right? years they've been here what after being an immigrant yeah you know is there a difference between someone who's racialized and non-racialized yeah yeah and then, right and i think that's a really good uh i think that's a really good stat because I, the only reason i want to jump in right now is just because they did put a little bit of stuff around Immigration. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I think it was the uh, table. Let me just get there. Table eight. I think I said it was. Yeah. Um, Generations. And and they talked about yeah, first generation, second generation, third generation. It it has a little bit of, um, you know. So this is table seven and table eight. It, to some extent, that speaks to immigration and second generation, third generation um, immigrant. But your point, I think you laid it out perfectly, is it shows why this is incomplete because a first-generation immigrant racialized, first-generation immigrant non-racialized is not compared. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and, you know, for the most part, there's, you know, let me, let me read the conclusion and I think for the audience it'll kind of become clear. You know, I think the first two lines of the conclusion demonstrate what the 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 entire data set that they presented the goal right what what they're trying the argument that they're trying to present so it says our analysis demonstrates the persistence of patterns of employment and income inequality on, along racial and gender lines in the canadian labor market the data also underline the importance of understanding the distinct barriers faced by different racialized groups and so you know, I think that that second sentence saying understanding the distinct barriers. Other than race, they have not demonstrated any barrier. Mm -hmm. Right. 
Exactly. It, so, years so of ex- are you seeing like the the barriers assumed? The barriers assumed to only be race only or gender. Race. Right? It doesn't have to... Like, what if English isn't a first language? That's exactly okay. what I was going to say. <laughs> like, exactly okay, so the barrier say. is they, we need to help immigrants speak English. Exactly. How, like, the, the, the report, if you're worried about... Again, and this is where, like, we've talked about it before. So I'll say it a million times. The, what is the cause of the inequality? And, and understanding, if the cause of the inequality is something that we deem... Um, problematic like it's problematic that they can't speak the language right so okay how do we help people who can't speak the language mm-hmm. that's that's a much different than just saying well I'm going to presume racism is the problem like you if if you could demonstrate that when I make uh, an apple to apple comparison between a white guy or a in this term, a non-racialized person and a racialized person that are equal in every facet. And obviously, that's a really hard thing to do. With You're not the really exception gonna... of race. With the... Well, yeah, exactly. So, okay, what would cause, what are factors related to unemployment? What are factors related to um, income, right? The, what are factors, what is the other thing that they, poverty, but I guess that, that one they didn't really have a lot of data on. Um, they spoke to it, but, you know, really it's income and unemployment are are the two you know most significant factors and i i almost want to say it's the only factors they talk about you know earnings gap these you know it's just different terminologies that they use um average income yeah so the point is you know what are the things that for you as an individual think about it okay over my life what has caused my income to go up or down you know oh do i have a a designation do i have a certificate do i have a diploma do i have do i have years of experience um you know can i do i have successes in my you know past on my resume that can say hey i'm i have a higher uh ability than my cohorts you know than my peers right all of these things that you can talk to you know years of experience as i've said did i have to take a leave of absence you know my Looking at your resume, if every nine months you take three months off and then you start a new job, you're going to get less pay because the employer is not really looking, doesn't look at you as someone they want to invest in because clearly you don't want to invest in them. At least that's the perception. Mm-hmm. Right. So so these are factors that play a role in employment. If I'm If I'm trying to say that there's a racial issue, I need to demonstrate that when I've controlled for these factors that impact income then there's still a difference and the difference is statistically significant yeah Um, and the reason i use the term statistically significant is because you know saying a one or two percent difference i mean essentially you can have a sampling problem exactly so 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 what do you mean by a sampling problem um i just I mean, so within statistics, there's always this idea that, like, you're getting a representative sample, right? So if I'm trying to survey 35 million people, I don't actually survey 35 million people. Mm-hmm. I collect 2 million, 3 million surveys, mm-hmm. um, so, and, and now I extrapolate. Mm-hmm. The problem is if that—so that 3 million is called the sample population. If the sample population isn't representative of the total population— you're going to have statistical errors. Mm-hmm. Basically, the higher the sample, the better, the closer it is. 
Right, because if I had a hundred percent sample, I have no statistical yeah, error. No error. Assuming that I have perfect information on the people that I've sampled, because mm-hmm. there's there's another piece of error is like sometimes people will tell you the answer they think you want to hear or the answer they want to give because they're, you know, they want to get present themselves in the best possible light, even though nobody even knows who they are when they're survey being surveyed. Mm-hmm. Right, like you might lie on a survey. Just again, it's going to cause statistical error. But that's why that as the number increases, you essentially can say, okay, the those components of errors get minimized. Mm-hmm. Well, but that's why I said statistically significant. If I said, oh, the difference is two percent wage gap, I, I can't do much with that because I, there's a potential it's statistically uh, just an error. Yeah. Also, there could also be something that's a difference that we have yet to observe yet. Uh, yeah, so, like what? So, so, for so an uncontrolled well, we have factor. Yet to observe it, some factor. So, for example, economists will always say we've done all the controlling for the gaps, and they will say if there is a whatever, but whatever gap there is is left unexplained in the data. Mm-hmm. So they would say it's up to you to decide now. Whatever is left unexplained is that race, or is whatever we're looking at, or is it some other factor? that we haven't looked at. So for example is, just to look at an example for gap between men and women, if we're looking at the gap between men and women, um, one of the things we can look at is negotiation ability, Mm -hmm. right? Do men have more of a tendency to negotiate and be more competitive to negotiate for a higher salary Uh, as a whole? Are women as competitive to negotiate for a higher salary? Um, Back in the day, if economists were not accounting for that or not even thinking that negotiation can have an effect with something mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. then they would include it as a control. They mm-hmm. would include it in their data. So then what would happen is, of course, if that is a factor, it would show up as a difference. Mm-hmm. Right? So if you're yeah. not including it in your model, you're going to have a gap. Right. So, so then, I'm sorry, but I so want to also, me, hold on, I just want to add that, like looking at racism as the problem for the gap and it spearheading the problem. So, for example, uh, a reason, one of a potential reason why somebody might not be able to get a job is because, like the the minority might not have as great an education as the white person. Um, and the reason why they don't have as good as education is because of racism, or the reason why the person is disadvantaged is because of racism, and that's why they can't um, qualify for these jobs. So, racism it still comes back to racism. Well, but I think you need to look like so. This would say, okay, um, let's say you're identifying what you're actually like. The example you've given is what you're identifying is two things: one, they have a lack of experience, and they have a lack of education because they're black, these, or because they're well, no, no, of, but but st- of their, like of their step color one, skin. yeah. So step one would be in the data set that we're looking at right now. Mm-hmm. You're you would add levels of education, exactly. and you would add levels of experience and you start to identify that okay within the black community these two factors are really low okay so now i need to dig deeper on and start to say okay what is the cause in that population group that makes it different it might be racism that's a reasonable hypothesis but Mm -hmm. now you need more data to substantiate Mm -hmm. right so hold on so is it is it circular reasoning for me to say well to substantiate it is there's inequality, so it must be racism. No, because you you 
No, you have identified. the reasoning that I'm using. Um, the the problem is you're like, is it circular reasoning? Um, I don't. Circular reasoning is a little bit more like because I'm black, therefore because I'm black. Like, you know, it's what what I mean is, um, we're saying oh, there's income inequality because in the races. Mm-hmm. But then when we control, so when we control for education and when we control for, uh, what was the other one? Uh, years of experience, mm-hmm. we find that black men who have the same years of experience make the same as white men. Mm-hmm. And we find that white women, no, sorry, black women who have the same years of experience and same education make the same as white men. If and and actually statistically, we find that they make more because they're in higher demand. But that's a different. That's a whole another ball game that yeah. listeners are going to be like, "What?" Anyways, um, so what we have found is that race, when you control for these factors, actually doesn't play a role. But what we do find is that the black race has a higher proportionality. Of low experience, low education. Why? And, and then once we that's find a that, great that's, co- that, that's a separate study. But that's they, where you need to yeah. dig into what are the factors. So now look at the black community. What are the factors within the black community for the people who have high education, high experience? What are the differentiating factors for who has low experience? Because arguably, the guy who has a lot of experience and a lot of education might say, well, I experienced racism as well. And maybe the the level of racism was exactly the same. So then the question goes, well, okay, so what was different in this person? If they, if they let's say, arbitrarily, I'm just kind of, let's say they, were, they experienced racism 10% of their life. I don't know. I'm just making that up, right? But that, that was across the board the norm for all black people. But there's disparity in outcome between black people. Mm-hmm. Some of them have high education. Some of them have low education. Some have high experience and low experience. Mm-hmm. So the question becomes, why? If yeah. they've experienced the same amount of racism, it can't be racism. Yeah. Because everybody would have had the low number. Now, it may be a component of the factor, right? Like maybe the reason why the proportionality is is what it is, would you would have to say, well, they, black people have a lower access to education, or, um, you know, if if the government was causing, you know, certain groups of people to all live in the same place, and then you identified that those schools had lower quality teachers and lower paid teachers, like, now you could start to say, okay, well, the government has been doing X, Y, and Z, that's leading to a lower quality of education, because we can tell that the school systems that the these particular people group are in is, is of lower quality. Yeah. And this is exactly why I'm pointing back to the importance of controlling for things in this study. Because if they were able to control for more things, we'd actually get more information. Right? If you're actually, if because when you're doing research, you should come to the conclusion of. I, I know when you're doing research, you should try to be as unbiased as possible. But we all have our biases. But you're you're really you're really attempt. And your mentality for research should be like a detective, right? And, uh, and nowadays, there are people who want to prove their point, right? 
they already have an argument in view and they want to try and use the research to prove their point. In reality, what you should be doing is coming across saying, I don't know what this data is going to tell me, but let's control for as much things as possible and let's see what's actually causing the biggest change. It, mm-hmm. Their approach should have been, is there a gap period between these things? And if there is, what, 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 is, what, is, what is causing the gap? Mm-hmm. But, it, but if we read... Is it rate? But if, if we read the Twitter profile of this the group, it says independent, nonpartisan research on social, economic, and climate justice. It, yeah. So, so to some extent, they're, they're telling you their bias exactly. up front. Exactly. Even though it says it's no, even though it says nonpartisan. Yeah. Yeah. Well, nonpartisan means that they basically that that they're not endorsed by a particular party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they're but they're partisan. If you think that like they're left leaning, if left is a partisanship to you, well, then they're partisan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the goal right? should have been what is causing these differences, if they are differences, and be open to think, oh, maybe there's no difference, or be open to think. If there is difference, what is the biggest cause? Is it a difference in experience? Is it a mm. difference in immigration? Is it a difference in language barrier, which mm. also affects education, mm-hmm. right? You can't be as educated if you're struggling just to learn the language that the teacher yeah. is speaking to you, right? What are the different things? And then once we break it down further, okay, maybe we found something that is a huge difference. Maybe it is experience or education. Then from that point, then, we, then that should lead us to a separate study where mm-hmm. we say now, why is it that there are differences in education right. between and that? And then that's the hard work of doing research. Yeah. And I think that when you look at it from that perspective in regards to like incentive for, you know, agenda pushing, uh, like the implications are huge in regards to like, for example, like what Joel said, um, you know, racism, you know, all black people experience racism, let's say, but there's different outcomes. There's disparity among black people because there's black people who are doing well and who are thriving. And then there, there are those who don't, but that's not part of the conversation because, mm-hmm. you know, politically, um, it, 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 it's a great, it's a great, uh, argument for, you know, getting funding for policies or, yeah. or whatever the case may be or elections. But if there really is black people who are thriving despite, despite the, um, inequality that we see you know we have to start factoring okay well why are those why is that group of black people doing well like Mm -hmm. start factoring in okay well is it family is it um a particular people from a particular country um Mm -hmm. and so forth so so it it gets pretty deep so like so i mean like not to just like one thing i want to say is like i i thought when i started looking at the data like i was going to ask you guys this question but you know, the question I'm going to ask you, but I'll answer it for myself first is, you know, was there anything when you were looking at this that started to stand out at you? And the reason why that's an interesting question is because there are data points in here. So I thought this, this, you know, report did a good job of actually like the way the data is parsed out by race and by men and by women starts to say, Hey, that's a peculiar data point. Oh, that's a peculiar data point. Like, why are those what they are, what they are. And, And like, you know, table four um, is one of them. And I think table eight, which uh, um, I referenced earlier, table four is unemployment, employment, and participation rates by racialized group. What is, like, when you look at this chart, the numbers are all over the place, right? And so, but they're being compared with non-racialized 
population. So question becomes for the people groups that have unemployment rates below non-racialized or white people, that's interesting. And and you got some, so the non-racialized population was 8.2% unemployment. But then you've got Filipino men, or sorry, that was a um, unemployment rate for men was 8.2%. You got Filipino men at 5.8% and Filipino women at 4.7% compared to 6.4 white women. And you're like, those are really low numbers. Why? And like, just turns out that they also have really high participation rates. That's also kind of peculiar. Um, You know, there's, there are some like black unemployment rate is really high, but so is Arab unemployment rate. Yeah. Like it's all over. Similarly, you know, you've got some, some West like- Asian men don't have a high rate. I mean, it's a little bit higher, but then white uh, West Asian women is really high. It's like, okay, well, what's peculiar? And and I'm I'm speaking totally like pure hypothetical right now. Maybe culturally, West Asian women don't work before having kids. That could be an explanatory factor. But, like, I, I don't know anything about the culture group. I don't even really know when it says West Asian. Okay, I'd have to look at a map and start kind of figuring out what that even, you know, what are the countries being referenced there. But my point is to say, like, I just randomly came up with a hypothesis. I could be totally wrong. But that's the kind of thing where, like, oh, hey, here's a peculiar data point. Let me start, it, uh, in, in statistical terms, we start using more dimensions. It's more characteristics about, you know, the data or the people that are underlying the data to say what makes them different, what makes them different, what makes them the same. Yeah, and, you, and and you start to control for those things to be able to say, oh, apples to apples. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, you know, I started my ramble with the question, was there anything for you guys that you stood out and went, oh, that's a really interesting data point? Well, it was the one where you look at the cor- Koreans, Filipinos, some of the Asians. You could easily isolate the data and say, and say, wow, like, it seems like Asians are doing better than white people. <laughs> and that was, uh, that's in table eight. That's a, um, yeah, that's average. Eight. Yeah, if you look at the, the table eight, first generation, second generation, third generation. Um, if you look at the uh, Korean and Japanese, you're seeing that by the time they get to third generation, they're outperforming by one. Koreans are outperforming at 1.5%. Yeah. One, okay, 1. so two, four. so Steph, so why would you? So what? What? What, what are you deducing from that? Well, if I'm just looking at the data, I'm like, oh, it seems like, it seems like um, there's discrimination against. You can make you can make the case and say, oh, there's discrimination against white people if Asians are doing better, or or you can even go the other way and say Asians are getting favorable treatment. Well, we well, know, well, case, we, we know that's not look, true. If you just look at the data, you could say, oh, Koreans and Japanese are getting favorable treatment if we use the same. Because if you're willing to say that the groups that are doing worse than white people are being discriminated are being discriminated against, then it's a double-edged sword. You have to go the other way and say that the groups that are being better, doing better than the white people, they're getting some type of favor. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't have it both ways. Yeah, but see, but that's what we've been talking about. That's because you can't uh, have white racism. Because we talked about like the <laughs> the ideology of of social justice. So that like that's almost become an it's almost like an economic principle to interpret mm-hmm. disparity, right? So yeah. when so anything anything that's uh white, male, um, Christian, heterosexual, um, is the problem. 
And so that's the factor of why we see all the problems. Any problem we have is because of one of those factors. Um, get rid of Christianity, get rid of men, get rid of heterosexuals, uh, get rid of white people, and everything will be better. But that's not a that's not even an economic principle. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just a no, social just a, ideology. And and arguably it's I mean, and this is where like for people who hear the term cultural Marxism and don't understand it, like the this is because you're making that group that you just described, which is essentially is me, which you're so Marxism. Yeah, yeah. Marxism is essentially creating an oppressed and an oppressor. And anyone who ticks those boxes that you've just labeled, well, they're the oppressor. Therefore, we need to overthrow them. And so to your point, like, yeah, it's not an, it is an economic principle, but it's economics of socialism or Marxism that mm-hmm. from an economics perspective has been largely de- well, largely has been debunked. Yeah. since the 50s as a good economic system it's the literally the only thing marxism holds on to now is inequality yeah and the thing with it's, cultural marxism is like, like is that um it it already frames it already frames oppressor versus non-oppressor okay and presumption. Just, just as we look here what is already being framed as non-racial versus racial mm-hmm. yeah um but another one of the things that i would that uh conclude from the report um, and like we talked about before was like, what was the potential solution? Like the all alternatives to the problem. So I'm, I'm the kind of person that like, yes, we talk about the problem, but it's also good for you to pose a problem and then pose a solution as opposed to being a negative Nancy or a negative Negro or whatever <laughs> the case may be. So like the, the implications of, 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 of their perspective usually leads to affirmative action and, and wealth distribu- redistribution um, as part of the solutions. So I was just like, okay, well, why weren't other um, the other alternative perspectives um, being proposed? So if they're going to offer, if someone says, okay, affirmative action, well, what's an alternative to affirmative action? Right, well, so hiring me- hiring based on um, on their merit, and then wealth redistribution versus um, you know financial literacy and creating wealth and learning how to create wealth. Wealth isn't something that people steal, but it's something you create. Um, so basically the implications of all this, when it comes to the solutions, the implication, in order for you to have a solution, you need to understand the problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in order to understand the problem, this all stems from the research. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to frame how they understand the problem based on how they report this they're assuming that they've controlled for everything or they're assuming that they don't have to worry about, yeah, they're presuming and presenting it that in such a way that everything is controlled for, given that everything is equal, they're already assuming that the issue and the problem is race and discrimination. Mm -hmm. So if the problem is race and discrimination, we have probably two solutions. One solution is try to stop racism, right? Try to stop people from actually uh, discriminating against people. They know they can't do that. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's harder to do that. So then the other, what's the other solution? If you can't stop people from being racist, then what you can do is just kind of reshift money and make laws like affirmative yeah. action and force people to kind of hire a certain number of 
ra- uh, racial people against their will, against their racial desires, or have like and a just, tax rebate, something like that. That would that would be what they would suggest. Yeah. If that. Let, let me uh, let me jump in, read the final paragraph of their conclusion, just because it 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 demonstrates exactly what we're saying. What is their goal? So it says the Canadian Center for Policy Alternatives has long advocated for policies that tackle economic inequality, including progressive taxation, taxation of wealth, and measures to address tax loopholes and tax havens. It has advocated for employment legislation that protect and adequately remunerate workers by raising minimum wage labor market standards like... No, that's weird. Like the minimum wage and addressing precarious employment conditions. It has also advocated for policies that would address systemic racism and, and sexism, like pay equity and employment equity. All of these policies are required to stop the deepening of economic inequality in Canada. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, essentially, more laws, more control, more legislation, more taxes. And, and as Stefan said, like, they've presented it like, here is the level of the problem or here's the way the problem exists by saying here's the level of analysis that needs to be done and nothing further because they're not digging into what like they're not digging into other causes the, yeah the and the other factors i mean they they within this conclusion they had said something along the lines of um you know this inequality is entrenched and um it goes on for generations, but when you look at the first and second and third generation statistics, it's actually trending the other way. It's trending away. It's trending towards, uh, I'll use the term normalcy, mm-hmm. but the idea that like they're actually trending as you get to more and more generations, they're closer to the non-racialized group. Yeah, and that's consistent right. with what we've been saying. Right? And it's inconsistent with ex- their conclusion. Yeah, yeah, you're growing with experience. This, the third generations are growing with experience. The third generation grew up in this country. Um, English is their first language. All these well, different, those different factors that started with the first generation are almost and, disappearing. And one of the problems is, like, if you have a culture, like, and I'm not trying. If I, if anything I'm saying about to say is deemed to be, I'm referencing a racist culture. Well, no, but like my point is, if I if you think I'm talking about a particular culture, I'm not. I'm just making this up on, on the spot, pretty much. But if you have a culture that's only saving five percent of their income, and you have another culture that's has an aspect of saving, like living, you know, bare bones, but saving like twenty five percent of what they make, it doesn't matter any other factor. One of those cultures will be poor forever. The other one will continue to grow in wealth and prosperity, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Because really that 5% is really negative 6% because they're, you know, they're doing things on credit beyond and living beyond their means, mm-hmm. right? I use five and 25 to demonstrate, even if you're saving, if you only save 5%, but the other, and you're, let's, we're talking, I'm, t- I'm even saying the same income level, you know, somebody who's willing, you know, you look at, there's cultures, there's families, they'll, they'll live in like, you know, three, four, five families sometimes in a house or mm-hmm. you can just you know you've yeah, got Indian community. five, ki- oh, yeah. five ki- kids sleeping in one bedroom yeah. right well part of that is not living beyond their means mm-hmm. part of it is you know at sometimes necessity but I, I know a buddy of mine who bought a house like 10 years ago bought a house with his parents that actually had two master bedrooms and I was like that's so foreign to me 
Now, he was a Sikh, and I don't know if culturally there was a normal normalcy to that or if it was just a fact of like, hey, it made more sense for his life. No, 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 like, no. That's a trend within the Sikh community. And yeah, because like we talked about brown privilege uh, on our our last episode about how, you know, Sikhs um, live different than other people. Yeah, and, and, and essentially they, they reap a benefit for it because, you know, as a result, you've got two income groups paying a mortgage. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got two or two generations paying the same mortgage. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, potentially that mortgage is paid off. My buddy moves out and buys another house. Bruh. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. and then you have enough money to buy all these fly cars and <laughs> invest. Yeah. And so, yeah, so check out Brown Privilege, episode 62. Um, but so let me ask, Two cents. What's your two cents, Joel? And then uh, we'll let uh, Steph close out with his. Uh, my, my two cents is that, you know, this this publication is surface level. Um, you know, for the listener, if you're thinking that we're not giving it a fair shake, um, I, 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 I want to go back to the fact I think there's statistics in here that actually beg the question for more information. So I don't, it's not that I think that what they've done is in like uh, not valuable at all but i think it's a disgrace to leave it at the level that it's at because if you like stefan said if you want solutions you really need to know the cause and if you think it's racism this level of analysis is insufficient to actually come to that conclusion because you haven't compared apples with apples people aren't the same Mm -hmm. and i would add that I'm seeing like a contradiction in in the like the heart of of the report in that the assumption is that there's equality uh among people groups but then I I can only talk as a black male uh but for black people you know there's certain things we like to brag about that we're better than other people in Right. Whether it's, you know, we flyer than other people, we set the trends, we we set the culture, we're cooler than everybody, we're more athletic than everybody. Um, but, you know, look and fly comes with a price. You know what I mean? Yeezys cost a lot of Those money. Jordans, man. Uh, you know, you know, a, a new hairdo costs a lot of money. Um, we're not like other people. And, and, and as black people, you know, we like to flex and we like to champion that, that we're not like them. But then when it comes to this report. The assumption is we're just like white people. So then the outcome yeah. should be the same. Um, but nobody, no culture is the same. And that's the whole point I want the listener to walk away mm-hmm. with is that um, even cultures among black people vary. And I've said it before. Yeah. Jamaicans are not the same as Nigerians because Jamaicans are faster. Right? <laughs> Nigerians are smarter. Jamaicans oh, 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 boy. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I'm kidding. What? like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> no, but I'm sorry. I know. I'm just, I'm playing. But but the the cultures are different. Um, We cook different food. Um, We enjoy different sports. We, we, we rock different clothing. It's different. So we can't even get a same outcome among black people yeah. in, in those stats, Making even in regards to there. work um, and, and types of work that industries that we're in. Um, so I, that's why I would call it a, a, a contradiction to s- assume that, okay, yeah, you know, we're all about equality, but we're not equal. Our, our, the very essence of our nature mm-hmm. does not make us equal, so we can't expect equal outcome. Yeah. Now, my two cents. So like I was saying before, um, 
pretty much why are we doing this? Why are we looking into issues that are policy related? Uh, the whole reason why um, we're looking into policy and the Sixth Sense does this is because it's issues that affect people. It's issues that affect Canadians. All right. So especially when we're looking at issues that affect Canadians, that affect um, people, pol real policy issues, um, it should be have it should have a foundation of good research. Right. In order for us to bring the whole reason we study policies is to bring solutions and we want to bring solutions um, to actual problems. In order to bring solutions, we need to understand the problem. And in order to understand the problem, we have to have good research being done. All right. This mm -hmm. is why we and this is why as an economist, I can't stress enough the importance of good research and the importance of controlling things and seeing what's actually causing the problem. It's actually mm -hmm. causing the difference. It's only then until we can truly understand the problem and that, that we can actually begin to bring about solutions, right? Mm -hmm. And with this paper, they just already assumed it was race. What It could be race, but they didn't, like Joel said, they didn't do enough controlling for us to rea realize and come to the conclusion that it is race. What if it, the problem is something we haven't even conceived about and we invest thousands and thousands of million, mil millions of taxpayer dollars to try and solve this problem, we're actually only making it worse. We're actually taking extra tax dollars um, from from everybody, making mm -hmm. them even more poorer, and still not solving the problem. Mm -hmm. So this is why it's important that we invest in um, more and more research, and I think this needs to be done more. Yeah, uh, well, well said, well said, Steph. Uh, I, I wanna do a quick shout out to the reason why we did this show. Uh, one of our listeners, Grant Sutherland, Sutherland. Uh, so he's a longtime listener. And so uh, he sent me um, the report. And he's just like, yeah, uh, Sixth Sense needs to do an Drop episode on this. Yeah, yeah. So he sent it. So um, to all the other Sixth Centers out there, if you guys uh, stumble across an article you guys want us to review or look at and report on, please, uh, that, that that's what we're here for. And, and let us know. And so now we have Steph, one of our interns. If you want to join the Six Sense Report team, uh, and you want to join and be like a research consultant or statistics analyst or a social media manager, uh, please send us your email, send us your resume, let us know, um, and we'd love to you know add to the team and and make a better product. If you if you love the show and you want to be a part of it, uh, let us know. Now you can you contact us at Six Sense Report at Gmail or on our Facebook page or our Twitter page, uh, Six Sense Report. So, Steph, uh, for the people, if they want to get in touch with you, how can they get in touch okay, with you? Okay, so I'm um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram. You can reach me on Twitter at Stefan D Econ Don. So that's Stefan D, the letter D, and then Econ Don. Um, it's the same also for Instagram. Man, economics never looks so good, baby. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'll make sure to put that in the show notes page. Six cents makes change. Cheers the spirit of the Lord's here to give us victory in the midst of spiritual warfare. The Holy Spirit helps us fear the Lord and he uses the word. No, that's the spirit sword to separate them is greatly absurd. This ain't word of faith, it's faith in his word. They don't miss this evening. Come get your seating. The spirit's in order is at the bitch's meeting. No, this is deceiving. You can stay filled with the spirit through prayer and spirit.
scripture reading. To be led by the spirits, to be led by the words. So be fed when you hear it, whether read or it's heard. To be led by the spirits, to be led by the word. Be fed when you hear it, whether read or it's heard. Keep